join us if you dare. It's movie night at your drive-in of terror. Each week, you'll hear about one campy movie for a laugh. One terrifying feature sure to scare your pants off. And one kid-friendly scare for the little ones. Or not-so-little ones, needing a little less terror. The show's about to start. Get comfy and sit down in front. Oh, and one more thing. This episode contains spoilers. Consider yourself warm. Enjoy the show, if you're brave enough. Take it away, Shay. Pull on in to our driving of terror for season two, episode 20 of Scare Your Pants Off, because it's movie night. Tonight's fright-filled feature is The Conjuring. You grab the snacks, we'll kill the lights. How you doing, Tom? I am excellent today. I am excellent. How are you? I'm I'm really good, and I'm actually really excited to talk to you because I feel like I feel like I actually remember remembered crap that I watched. And it's not all crap, but some of it might be, but um, stuff that I've watched that I'm dying to talk to you about. Oh, nice, awesome. Have you seen We Have a Ghost yet? No, but I it keeps coming across my whatever. I don't know if it's Netflix or Prime or something like that. I think it's, oh. it's Netflix. Yep. Okay, and it's under my rec. We think you'll like this. So, so it's good. It's it's really good. So it's it's not um, it's not like super it's not like super scary or anything like that. It's a little cheesy, but um, I can't remember his freaking name. The guy who plays Hopper from Stranger Things, whose name I can never remember. David Harbor. Thank you, David Harbour. Um, he actually plays the ghost. So what's really cool about this is there's like an act, there's like a plot twist, and it's really kind of neat. Um, but it's a great movie. Anthony Mackie's in it. But yeah, I well, you I should know. watch it. It is right up your alley, and it's you know it's it's a light movie, but it's a good movie, and it's a little funny. So it's pretty good. No, so we have a ghost. I wrote that. Uh, any any others? All right, so there is something, and I don't know if everybody listening already knows this about me, and I feel like they don't, and I feel like I don't know if you know this about me. There is one thing that you can put in a horror movie that will pretty much guarantee that I will not only watch it, but I will go through great lengths to get to the end of the movie, even if it's bad. Do you know what that is? No, I don't, and now I'm really, really curious. All right, it is Sharks really it yes and it's real i'm not proud of some of the movies i've watched all the way through i wouldn't have but, that at all that's funny so obviously you have like jaws and like sharknado and the meg and stuff like that but i've i've watched i've also watched some really really not good ones but i watched one uh, the other day, and it's actually called 47 Meters Down, Uncaged, and it's a sequel, which I actually didn't know, so now I have to go back and watch another one, because I had no freaking clue, um, but it's a sequel, and the first 20 minutes of this was awful. <laughs> it was horrible, and I had contemplated, as I had numerous times before, breaking my own my own rule and not giving a shark movie more chance than a normal movie for no reason 
um because the first 20 minutes so basically it's centered around like a group of teenage girls and they're skipping a field trip and this first chunk of the movie is it's just annoying i'm like i'm 40 i don't i don't like i don't want to listen to it i don't want to hear the any of it i don't want to see your butt i don't want any of that but <laughs> right um but so speaking of what um when they start to dive they basically end up exploring this like sunken mayan city and it is cool first of all the scenery is really cool anything with a cave anything like deep diving just automatically sucks you in especially if you turn on your surround sound and like the lights are out and stuff like that you are you you are in there with them and it is awesome and there is maybe a couple still vaguely annoying things that happen but like when the stuff picks up it gets really really good and this movie is one of the few movies that managed to get me with one jump scare only one but it got me and it got me good like it got me and um just the concept of it was so friggin' awesome and you, there's uh there's these sharks that have been living in this mayan like sunken city and they've adapted almost like a like a cave tetra and there's actually a cave tetra and then it's really really big like bigger than it should be but it it doesn't need eyes to see because it can't see in the dark and it's and it's really cool so they're they're really more drawn to things by sound and movement and stuff like that and it's a whole different level of creepy but if if you don't generally watch shark movies i absolutely recommend this one just know that the first like i said 25-ish minutes are not wonderful but it gets really really good 47 meters down on kate i wrote it down i doesn't say that's funny i would never guess that that you're uh shark you know that you like shark movies that much um because i'm almost the opposite honestly i'm almost like of course you have you know two of the finest films ever made with jaws and sharknado but um you know other ones i I, i'm just not super in usually if it's uh, a shark movie uh i'm i'm not into i'll watch them but i am not I I have to. It's like Shark Week. I'm I love Shark Week. I love I just and I don't even care. I anything. I love sharks. I love the whole I got um Eric got me for Christmas my own shark. He adopted me a shark and it's a hammerhead and his name is Finn and I get to track him and uh yes, I'm ridiculous. I love all this stuff. That's funny. Yeah, I've never been I've never been a big sea creature type of thing. I don't like really like going into the ocean because of sharks. And, um, <laughs> and uh, so that's funny. I would have never guessed that with you. But um, but like I said, I do watch some, you know, I, I, I watch shark like usually when they come out. It just I don't I don't uh, seek them out too much. Wait, you hold on. I'm going to understand that I'm about to judge you really hard. You've seen the Meg, right? Oh yeah, yes, I've seen the Meg. Yes. Okay, friendship saved. <laughs> Do you uh, know that the second one is actually coming out this year? R- no, really. Yep. And Jason Are- Statham's going to be in it. One of my favorite actors ever. I no. will probably watch 
a Jason Statham movie, like I'll watch a shark movie no matter what. I'm gonna, I want to see it. So that's awesome. I like Jason Statham. Badass. As do I. Nice, nice. All right, so I'll check that out. And any others that you recommend or not that I can think of offhand. Um, what about you? Anything? A uh, busy week this week. I um. I, I didn't really, really watch too much. Uh, I Last weekend, I had caught up on that rig, the rig, which you had told me about, uh, which I thought was cool. Complete, I was not expecting this uh, supernatural stuff to it, so that was a ni- nice, pleasant surprise. I thought it was more mm-hmm. just like a, a straightforward story. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it's just the kind of behind. But I'm excited because... Yellow Jackets is coming soon, the next season, which I just, oh, that was like my favorite show last year that came so out last good. So good. Uh, and then uh, I believe the last night might have been the first episode or few, first couple episodes of uh, Party Down, which was a show on Stars. I believe it was on Stars years ago, like 10 years ago, with a young Adam Scott and Lizzie Kaplan and Martin Starr and uh, Megan Mullally. And uh, that, I think it ran for two seasons. It was comedy. It was really good. But, you know, first of all, on I believe it was on Stars, but star shows don't usually last long because nobody has that. <laughs> I have it now, apparently. But, uh, and uh but i'm really excited because it's like 10 years later or whatever however long it's been since the uh original so i'm looking forward to that um just kind of gonna try to catch up on everything oh the one i did watch that i um on hbo and it's not great but it's not bad this would be a movie to watch like if you're looking for something to watch, like you have not, you, you've watched everything else. You've caught up on all your stuff and you're just like, Oh, I can't find anything on HBO. It's called the menu with Ray Fiennes. And uh, it's like I said, not great, but it's not terrible either. It's got Anya Joy Taylor too. She was the little girl from the witch, um, but she's grown up now. Um, And it's, yeah, it's all right. I mean, it's, like I said, it's it, it's not the best film, but I've seen worse. It's one of those you're looking for a kind of horror-ish mystery ish. It's all right. So, but I'll I don't. Know. I'll check it out. Yeah. But Speaking of stars, there's a and it. I feel like I haven't brought this up to you, before. I can't remember what the name of it is, but yeah. you saying stars just reminded me. But Courtney Cox is in it, and it, I think it's called Under the Veil or In the Veil or Through the Veil or something. Veil. I saw. I, yep. That's why, that's why I have it right now. It was because I had like a free, I saw that and I, they're like, oh, it was a free month. And I was like, all right, because I want to watch it. It was really good. It's really, yeah, that's actually a, a, a very good show. <sighs> all right. All right. Boy. Well, I feel like, I feel like you have a camping movie for me today. <laughs> For those looking for a laugh, it's time for the Cappy. I do. And this one is, and I know I say this a lot, we say this a lot, but I really, really like this film. Um, and it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's, everybody should see this film because it's, it's, a, it's a really good one. And what I'm talking about is the 2010 black comedy horror film, Tucker and Dale 
versus evil. And, you know, like I said, it's black, com it's black comedy horror, it, but it's very, very funny. Stars Tyler Labine. Very, I love him in pretty much every role he does. He had another one. Was it like Tell with Ghosts and something? Uh, I can't even remember, uh, but he's good. Uh, Alan Tudyk, Resident Alien, Doom Patrol, everything. The boy does voices. He's, uh, He's in it as well. Um, Katrina Bowden, Brandon J. McLaren, Jesse Moss, Keelan Simmons. Um, so, not uh, you know, uh, aside from Tyler and Al, uh, Tyler Levine and Ellen Tudyk, not super known people, but still, it's a very, very, um, very funny film, guys. It was really uh, it first premiered in 2010 at the Sundance Film Festival, and then a few months later re uh, received a limited release in the United States. And I don't know why it was a limited release because uh, maybe it just because they, um, you know, didn't think it was going to do well. Cause I feel like this would have done kind of okay at the, um, you know, if it got a, got a wider release, but unfortunately it was only a limited release anyway. So, it was, uh, it's 89 minutes long, so it's a, it's a breeze, it's, you know, it's short, short film, but it's a lot of fun. It had a budget of $5 million and at the box office did five and a half. Now it's going on to gross more, but not a ton more. It's, it's unfortunate because I know so many people that haven't seen, haven't even heard of this film, and I find that very, very unfortunate because yeah. it's, it's just so much fun. It's just a fun, fun film. So, um. Just, I'll get into the pot, uh, the plot briefly. Um, so it's you have you have Tucker and Dale with Tyler Labine and Alan Tudyk, and um, they uh, they're kind of hillbillyish or rednecky or whatever you want to say, and they just bought the uh, vacation home of their dreams. <laughs> of their dreams, which happens to be a rundown lakefront cabin that's deep in the woods. Um, so they're on their way to it to, you know, go to it, their cabin of the dreams, kind of, kind of fix it up and everything. And at the same time, uh, there's a group of college kids out there vacationing and everything. And um, they are made aware of, um, about, uh, of a story that happened or an issue that happened 20 years ago the memorial day massacre where a uh group of hillbillies or a hillbilly attack um attack and kill some kids so anyway blah 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 the uh you know i had mentioned these kids being on um you know out there on vacation well some of these kids mistake tucker and dale for these mur murderous hillbillies that are going to try to kill them. And as you can imagine, just chaos and hilarity ensues. And it's just, it's so fun, guys. I, I'm not going to tell you too much about it. Because like I said, me and Shay, like we were just saying, not a lot of you have seen it. But but that said, that that just sets up the film. It's just that sort of, it, it's a simple device. A lot of films use it where it's a mistaken identity type of thing. And um, they, uh, and from there, the chaos and everything, uh, you know, the whole story unfolds. 
Um, a little bit of gore, not too much. It's more in a in, in a humorous, uh, you know, kind of in a humorous way. But you know, it's just just I I I, I want you to be aware of it that there there is a little bit of gore, a little bit of blood, and stuff like that. So just just be warned. But guys, really, really do yourself a favor. Check this film out because it is so so fun. I. Like I said, I'm purposely leaving a lot out because it just, this movie didn't get its due. And um, it's it's just quite unfortunate to me. It's... Yeah. Um, now, you've seen it. Yeah. And... So, I, I you're right. And it's, and it's, it's hard because I, I genuinely know way too many people that haven't seen this movie. Mm. And I know a lot of the people who haven't seen it don't even is like not even on their radar to give a chance and i don't and i don't understand why but there's probably because i've seen it yeah. and it's if you have seen it you understand when i say this like it is you have to see it to believe it, it it's there's no amount of detail we're going to give you that's going to make you go oh crap yeah no i gotta see that without ruining it yeah. You have to see. You just have to watch it. It's 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 so unique. It's so funny. It's horrible and great, and it's really literally the perfect camping movie. Yeah, I agree, and I think part of it, at least now that I just thought of this as we're talking, I I, I remember when I first watched it, probably back in 2010 when it came out or whatever, or, or 2011. Um, I remember thinking, and that was a different, you know, where. 13 years later, but I remember thinking at the time now that I think maybe the title had something to do with some, some people just passing it over. I'm not saying that's why it, it's not as popular as it was, but some people at that time and before it's now you're seeing longer titles on movies and stuff and TV shows and whatever. But back, like when we were growing up and stuff, usually a movie title was one, two or three words. Yeah. yeah. And, that was, and, and it was usually short. And usually it was one or two, unless you were Steven Seagal, then you had like, most of his had three, like hard to kill and uh, whatever else <laughs> the fucking guy did. Yep. Um, so I remember, and I could be way off on that, but I remember thinking that much, just that title may have um, made people not not go to it, you know, or yeah, whatever. No, I, I agree 100%, honestly. On that, so. But guys, do yourself a favor. It's so fun. It's just, it's, it's a good one. It's so good. For those brave souls who are ready for a fright, it's time for the feature. Yeah. All right. I have the feature today. And surprise, I'm super excited to talk about it. <gasps> um, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about the main Conjuring movie, the first Conjuring movie, but I'm going to touch on all three Conjuring movies. The Conjuring franchise is obviously very big, and I'm not going to touch on all that stuff. I will let you know that, yes, the Annabelle movies are in it. I don't think that sounded like I said Annabelle. So the Annabelle movies are in it. <laughs> um, you have The Nun, which, you know, I'll let you derive your own opinion if you've seen yeah. that movie. I was not. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're talking about today. So we're going to 
Now <laughs> let's start talking about the Codric movies. So the first one came out in 2013, the second one 2016, and then you have The Conjuring, which is the third one, The Devil Made Me Do It in 2021. <clears throat> All three of them have Vera Farminga, Patrick Wilson as Ed and Lorraine Warren, and Sterling Germans as Judy Warren, who and, and they're and they're awesome. And they I I love uh patrick and vera in this they they act so well together you really think that that's how they feel about each other and it's just so great the first one is set in the new home of the perrin family you have carolyn and roger and then their five daughters andrea nancy christine cindy and april they all move into this like really quaint little well really not little but um like farm-ish looking style house in 1971 and when they're moving in after while well, they're still kind of unpacking and get familiar house with the house you learn that the daughters the four older daughters generally uh like to play this game that they call hide and clap now i'm bringing this up because this game is creepy but it's great and it's i wish i knew about it when i was a kid and it's really kind of interesting but it's called so again it's called hide and clap and it's just like hide and seek and you have one seeker and then everybody else hides just like hide and seek but now as the seeker is walking around trying to find you they can request that you clap and you have to no matter how close you are to the seeker no matter if it's about to get you found you have to clap or you lose so this leads to a really cool scene that I'll touch on in a few minutes. But while the girls were playing that first night, or close to the first night, it seems like it's the first night in the movie. Um, they're hiding in this like little closet thing under the stairs, and they knock loose a board that is blocking or barricading the basement. They didn't know they had a basement, but now they just found out that they have a boarded up basement. And from then on, really, they become terrorized by paranormal entities. Now, one cool thing about this hide and clap game is while the older girls are in school, the youngest girl is home and she's a little, you know, she's a little upset because the older sisters never don't always let her play. And she asked her mom to play hide and clap with her and she did. So this led to like really cool, a really cool scene where she's pretty sure the daughter's in like closet or like uh like an armoire i think like a stand like a not connected closet i think that's called an armoire um and she has her clap but then you find out that the girl wasn't in there so that's like the first like real hint of oh hmm, something's going on here uh at one point uh the mother is down in the basement like going down the stairs and the lights go out and she hears a whisper and it says wanna play hide and clap and then you hear it claps next to her, and I get instant goosebumps when I think about that. Yeah, me too. I just, sorry, I just <laughs> yeah. hit my neck, and I can picture that scene so vividly. Yeah, it's it's such a it's such a great scene, and it's and it's funny because it's so simple. It's like the most simple thing you can do, but it's so chilling. Um, I will tell you that if you haven't for some reason seen this yet, you do plan on watching it after this, that there is a family dog who refuses to go in the house from the second they get there. They, she won't go in and her name is Sadie and she is killed. She's killed off camera. You don't see her die, but 
uh, the little one of the little girls finds her. So that is the thing that happens. Now, of the things that start to happen around the house, you have the clocks all stopping at 3.07. Uh, there's knocking in the middle of the night in triplicate. Um, there's foul smells, almost like rotting flesh, maybe. Uh, and then really disturbing, too, is there's bruises starting to form on the mother. They're just, at first, she thought, like, maybe, you know, like an accidentally bumped into something or maybe her... And the husband were a little too randy or whatever and <laughs> i like that word i don't know why um, right i love that you said randy. <laughs> um but they they keep on appearing they're in their big in there so it, if the <sighs> husband gets concerned he says you should get that checked and maybe get on some iron or something but um anyways so the stuff that's happening around the house gets so bad and so severe and the family becomes so scared that they all end up basically living in the living room. They all, uh, all their bedding is down there and that, and they sleep there. So they feel like they're safer in numbers. They're really kind of stuck in the house. They can't, you know, all, all of their money is tied up in the house. They can't really afford to go anywhere else and they are stuck. Now the parents track down the Warrens who are uh, kind of doing like a lecture or something that um, at a college and they track them down and then they begged them for their help. And Ed is concerned with Lorraine doing it anymore because every time she does what she does, it takes a little bit from her. And when Lorraine sees a picture that they show, so they show them a picture. And then when Lorraine sees the picture, she sees something within it that immediately makes her agree. Doesn't care what Ed has to say about it. She agrees she needs to help this family. She needs to help those little girls and, you know, their parents. Fast forward a little and then uh, they show up with a small crew of people. Uh, they set up equipment and it's your run of the mill ghost hunting stuff. You got the cameras and the black lights and the really everything. Uh, the, you know, EMF stuff and so on. Uh, during the visit, the mom becomes possessed by Bathsheba. Uh, now, there are some other really cool things that happen in this movie that I'll touch on after, but I'm going to kind of fast forward a little bit through it. Uh, the Warrens are basically there to help them. And one of the things they want to try to do now is get them approved for an exorcism. They need to prove that there is absolute cause for an exorcism. And they do this, but where the parent family doesn't belong to a church, it had to be approved directly from the Vatican. And that is not easy to do. They begin running, they eventually run out of time and there's nothing they can wait for. And Ed ends up doing it himself. Um, he had been part of other exorcisms before, so he knew what he was doing. But that scene is so friggin' cool. Obviously, there's some camera magic that happens but it is that she's tied to this chair and then she's got like a sheet over her and like the, the flipping of the chair and the movements and her face like coming through the sheet is it, it's so chilling and it's one of the cooler exorcism scenes i think i've ever seen yeah. and you definitely have like some of the body contortion and stuff like that that you see in most of them but this one i i, I it tugs on your heartstrings in a way that you, you're just you don't always get when it comes to these movies now, a couple of the really kind of neat things that they touch on in these movies that makes you 
that gives it that that base chill in your spine is uh, one of the little girls is in her bed in the middle of the night and something reaches up and grabs her foot and gives her a pull. If that is not the base of all of your childhood fear, I don't know what is because that's why your feet have to be under the blanket and not hanging off the edge of your bed. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's that's basically the first one. And in every case that they do, they usually end up leaving with some sort of an artifact that is possessed in itself in some way almost. And they add it to their collection. And this one is a music box that almost looks like a circus tent that the little girl, one of the little girls, was using to see one of Bathsheba's victims. Um, now we have The Conjuring 2 from 2016, and that brought us all the way to England to Enfield. And it's a single mom of four, and she reaches out for help because she feels like something evil is in their home. Uh, it turned out that the youngest daughter was possessed, but in the whole process here, Ed and Lorraine actually get to a point in this case where they think that it might be being done deliberately as a publicity stunt for money. Something's lined up. Obviously, she's a single mom. One of her kids has, you know, maybe medical needs or, you know, he has like needs like speech therapy and stuff like that so there's obviously going to be some financial burden and they leave they leave because they deem it to be fake now as they're leaving something happens it clicks lorraine realizes that there is actually something going on in the house but something in that house is blocking her was blocking her from being able to see it and they turn back immediately to go and help now, they do find that the little girl is possessed by an old man, and this little girl is phenomenal, as were all the little girls in the first one. The little girls are creepy. I don't know how you do it, but it's they're creepy and awesome. And um, they help, basically, they help rid her of that. They find that the nun was the thing blocking Lorraine from seeing what was going on. You get a flashback. Well, not a flashback, like a flash of future what is thought to be going to happen to ed and it actually sends lorraine almost into hiding after this movie um the thing that they take from this house is probably my favorite artifact and i think it's called a zoetrope but it's this like little machine and you and you, and you wind it up and you know it's like a little light inside and it starts spinning and you can almost see this and it's just like a collection of drawings which makes something look like it's walking and this one happened to be a Crooked Man one. And the Crooked Man poem is awesome. Mm. Um, and they're using that, they were actually using the Crooked Man poem as like a speech tool for the little boy. And it just much like from it when they were using, he thrust his fist against the post. Um, kind of like that. Now we have the, con the third Conjuring movie or Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. And this is, this starts with the exorcism of an eight-year-old boy named David. At this exorcism is his family and his older sister's long-term, at that point, boyfriend, Arnie Cheyenne Johnson. Um, Arnie is part of the family. He is cared for by this family. He cares about this family. And he is so close to this little boy that seeing him go through this agonizing thing and knowing that this this 
this entity is just not leaving him alone. It angers him to a point where he just decides he's going to offer himself to it. And he does. And it goes to him. And he takes it on and he takes it away from the boy. And at first, briefly, everything seems well. The little boy is getting better. And everything seems normal, briefly. Now we'll flash forward a little bit. And his girlfriend works at a dog kennel. And her boss is not a pleasant man. Now, understandably, some of what he sees going on is exaggerated in his mind from the possession. But there is something going on. And he just snaps. And he kills her boss. Now, he leaves after killing him. And he's found walking down the street by the police covered in blood just really out of it wonky kind of just aloof having no clue of anything and he's arrested you know he ends up being arrested for the murder and found guilty um it's discovered that the possession was due to a curse and that there were other possessions that were caused by the same it's, it's supposed to be like a witch in this one but it um they find totems in a lot of the same a lot of the same totems in some of the other victims' residences, like whether it be near their bed or whatnot. Um, one really cool scene in this, and this is something that we hadn't seen before, was Ed was, I won't say possessed, but he was almost like enchanted by this entity. And he goes after Lorraine to like kill her. And like, if you've seen all of these now, you're attached. You love these people. You are, you know, this it's really it was really hard to watch and see that happen but she basically has to pull him back and she forces him to remember um the place they shared their first kiss and it was like in this gazebo and it's a really sweet scene and it, it's not really like super prominent in the story but i feel like it was worth a mention i'll let you know that arnie cheyenne johnson yes he is a real person this is a real case uh, he was sentenced to 10 to 20 years, first degree murder, and he only served five due to good behavior. Um, but the devil made me do it was absolutely a case that they tried to plead in court, and that has the name of the movie. Very interesting um, case, too. Very, yeah. I know me and you have talked about that case in the past. Oh, yeah. Very, very interesting. It's it's so interesting, and it's, and it's funny because it, it pulls you in a couple different directions because part of you is like, really? And then, but then other part of you is like, really? Like, like how do you, you almost can't not believe it. But yeah, it's, it's a really strange case and a really interesting case that, you know, is, is worth a Google all its own, even beyond yes. just watching these movies. If you're into paranormal, uh, yeah, it's stuff. It's, yeah, you should check it out because it's very interesting. And it gives you a, sort of an insight and a little different insight into the movie as well by doing a little, so, yeah. All right. Well, for the rating system, I'm going to do claps. Oh. One to ten claps. And I, I feel like I want us to rate the first one. Okay. And then all three together, if that makes sense. Okay, because that was going to be my my follow-up question was, the, you know, how do you want? So, okay. Um, so, I really, really like this franchise. It helps that, you know, it's not far from 
here at the Conjuring House is not far from where I'm at right now. Uh, I'm hoping those new owners that bought it will open it to tours. Maybe we can get in there and uh, do an investigation slash tour of it. Because uh, I know the last owners were doing it. I think it was quite pricey for like an overnight. Um, yeah. Uh, but um, I think that would be a lot of fun. Like I said, it's probably about 20, 30 minutes up the road from me. Not far at all. So, um so that just adds to my liking of it, but I mean, they're really, really good horror films based on, even if you don't believe in the supernatural, they're based on real cases that these people did. So um, for the first film, I'm going to give it, boy, I'm going to give it a solid, uh, a solid 7.5 right there for the first. Now, the franchise, I, I, I like you say, you, you briefly talked about the detractors of um, the third one, you know, people or whatever, not getting a lot of love, right? And um, it, which I like that. I thought it was really good, personally. Yeah, uh, and, uh, but, uh, and so for the whole series, and I like two as well. I mean, I liked them all. And I mean, I like the other in the uh, most of the movies in the universe. I mean, the nun, eh, uh, yeah, you know, La Llorona. Uh, I liked it because I liked the mythology of La Llorona, but um, so wait a minute, what isn't that part of it? La Llorona is that not part of the the uh, the universe? Am I? I you am know I, what? I'm I'm gonna look it up real quick because if it is, you just blew my mind. I, I may maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I'm I'm conflating stuff, but uh yeah, you can look it up. So anyway, for the whole series, I really enjoy it. Um I'm I'm gonna go right with a 7.5. So I'm I'm gonna say 7.5 for the first and 7.5 for the series, because I I enjoy it a lot. Okay. Is it part or am I am I way off so on that? You actually both. Well, it's not way off on it. it. It is. It's kind of part of it, but it's kind of not. It's in. So the way it says it is, uh, Michael Shavs, the guy who did La Llorona, said that it was only intended as a wink and a nod to the franchise. So it's not. Oh, okay, okay. But that's really cool, though. I didn't know that. That is really neat. But it was funny as I was saying it. I'm like, and I'm looking at, I'm watching your face. I'm like. Oh, did I? Uh, am I way off on this? Because you're you're just like, huh? So I was like, oh fuck, maybe maybe I'm conflating two series here. Well, it's funny because like it makes <laughs> sense that they would be, but it wasn't. It just for some reason never hit me like that. I don't. It, but yeah, uh, that's that's really neat though. So I had said seven point five on both, which is kind of weird, but. Uh, it's like I I like the frame. I almost went seven on the, uh, for the first three, but I really I like the third one a lot. So I uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna go with. So if you had to order them, favorite the just those three movies, favorite to least favorite, how would you order them? So I've gone back and forth on this. I think I've done this before with somebody else. Um, and. Uh, I, I, tomorrow could be different, but today I'm gonna say two one three. I feel like some days I would answer that way. 
And I feel like most days I'll answer, I'd actually answer one, two, three. But I, I absolutely do. have days where I would answer two, one, three, which is funny because. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, if you ask me tomorrow, I might say one, two, three. Yeah, I might. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I really like two. I really, really like two. So for my rating, so the the first Conjuring movie, I'm going to give it, and I'm, I'm right on the same kind of track as you. I'm giving it an eight. And it's, it's a great movie and it's, and it's so chilling. And it's, you know, at the point where it came out, we had been kind of lacking in decent horror. Yes. And I, I yeah. And it came, it very much came at a time where it was, it was very much needed in, in the horror industry. Um, and I think it paved way for a lot more to come after that. So this was awesome. As a whole set of three as a whole trilogy i'm i'm gonna actually go 8.5 because i don't feel like either of the other two took away from the first one and they've really only added so i'm gonna go eight and eight and a half claps for the first and then all three and that's a great point that you put there that it's like sometimes when you get sequels and prequels and stuff that um they they kind of end up detracting from it Mm -hmm. but these as a whole do I I don't think in any way detract, but in fact enhance sort of each other. So that's a great point that you had brought up, and it's okay. rare that that happens when you have you know multiple movies in a series like that, and then create a universe outside of that too, outside of those three. So, um, yeah, Conjuring guys, check it out. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, for sure, definitely. For the <coughs> little ones, it's time for the kids' scare. All right, you have I our have... kids slash family friendly feature today. Yeah, and um, so I, I I'm a big fan of this one, guys. Uh, it's it's a really it, it's a good one. Um. So I'm going to be talking about the 1982 dark fantasy, kind of horror-ish film, The Dark Crystal, which was directed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz. Some of the voice actors are uh, Stephen Garlick, Lisa Maxwell, Billy Whitelaw, Percy Edwards, Barry Denon. Um, anyway, uh, and it was, uh, it's, it's only about 93 minutes long, so it's pretty short, um, which is good for, you know, kids with shorter attention spans. It's only an hour and a half. Uh, excuse me. It was made on a $25 million budget, which was fairly high at the time. You've got to think it's 1982, but they had to pay for the, all the animatronics, all that, all that stuff. And uh, at the box office, it's it did $41.4 million and it's gone on to gross tons more. And since then, um, just VOD. This is actually, I remember this, this, we owned on VHS when I was a kid in the 80s, and it was one of two tapes that me and my brother just wore out watching over and over and over again. We had this, and believe it or not, Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> and guys, you got to realize there wasn't as many stations back then, and in cable, even with cable, it wasn't a ton of stations. So you had VHSs and, you know, usually, you know, where I, you, you might own like three or four VHSs and you just watch them over and over and over again as a 
it, at least I did growing up. So, um, but this was one of them. Um, it's uh, guys, I'm going to preface it. It's a little darker than some of our other family kids movies here. It's a little, so just keep that in mind. It's not like super dark or anything like that. It's just, just want to, you know, I'm thinking anywhere eight to 10 is fine. And you know, your kids, but what do you think, Shay? So I, I'm going to agree with you, like the eight to 10 ish range, but I will tell you, this is, this is very likely to land very differently on, on different kids because it is, it is absolutely creepy. So you could have some eight year olds that are like, Oh, this is just kind of funny and silly and whatever. And uh, then you could have other kids. And I was actually one of these kids who <laughs> freaked me out, like pretty good actually. And I was probably like eight or nine, I think the first time I saw it and it freaked me out. So, you know, use your discretion, watch it, watch it with them. If you're there going to watch it or, or you, you know, your kids just kind of use your judgment. Yeah. Cause you, you know, the kids could find the sort of animatronics puppet things a little, like I remember finding them creepy and you know, nowadays when kids haven't seen that stuff, like we saw yeah. it back then, they might even find it creepier. I mean, I thought this was just kind of a cool fact. Uh, the Gelflings in it, it took, it would take, uh, four puppeteers just to do the motion on one gelfling like it's just how like so goes into just what i was talking about the 25 million guys you have to pay all those people now too that are manipulating the bodies and everything on these puppets and animatronics and so anyway that can add to uh the creepiness for the kids so i'm gonna give you a brief um synopsis and i'm gonna apologize up ahead there's a lot of like names and uh of characters and uh sort of like or the tribe that they're part of or the you know, s names yeah exactly and they get a little confusing um you know so and the the what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna set up the story because i could get way into the weeds here and uh you know, talk about it. And I'm sure a lot of you have already seen this, um, but I'm not going to tell you the ending anyway, in case you haven't. Um, so a thousand years ago on the planet Thra, uh, two new races appeared when a shard uh, was shattered or broken off the crystal of truth. And the two tribes were called, uh, there were the two tribes that came about were the cruel and mean and not so good Skexis, who would who used their continued corruption of the crystal to extend their lives and try to live forever and you know they're trying to use the shard and the and the crystal for sort of you know their own gain and darker purposes and that's sort of not you know the idea behind it and then uh and then the the second tribe was the uru and they were uh they were gentle and tried to live with one with nature and everything like that, you know, kind of like a hippie group, <laughs> uh, but they were more commonly known as the mystics. And uh, they made their home in the Valley of the stones and, you know, to await their destiny. Uh, the leader of the mystics, the master Ursu uh, finds and he ends up raising a young gelfling named Jen, who, uh, family and clan was unfortunately slaughtered by Skeksis, the early, I, I mean, not the, not the early, the uh, 
the evil or the you know not so great uh group that came out um so as the great conjunction of Thra's three sons draw near, a dying Ursu instructs Jen that it is his duty or obligation to fulfill the prophecy to heal the crystal by retrieving the shard that had broken off uh, from Augra. But if Jen, if Jen fails to complete his quest before the three sons meet, the Skepsis, the bad guys, the evil, will rule forever. Um, as Ursu passes, the Skepsis Emperor Skepso also dies, leaving the position for the leader vacant. The Chamberlain Skepso and, and the Gartham Master Skek Ung, and this is what I was talking about with the names, guys. It, it, you'll, you'll get it when you're watching. And another reason why I won't get too deep into the weeds, because it's just going to be a lot of Skek Skull, Skek Skull, all these made up words that I can barely say. Um, so the Chamberlain Skek and the Gartham Master Skek Ung uh, challenge each other on a trial by stone for succession, resulting in Skek Ung defeating Skek Skull. <clears throat> Ex Sil, <laughs> it's killing me. It's killing me here. <laughs> Skeskel is stripped of his robes and banished, while Skek Ung is proclaimed the new emperor. When Skeksis learns of Jen's existence, they send their army of giant crab like Gartham to capture him with the cunning Skeksel following. So that essentially sets up the story, guys. And it's now it's it's Jen trying to fulfill the pro fulfill his prophecy and uh, bring peace back to the valley and the Valley of the Stones and bring the the tribes together if he can and you know and root out the root out the evil and it's the evil trying to stop him get the shard for themselves so that they continue to use it for the darker elements that they. Um, that they've already been doing, like I said, trying to become immortal and whatever else. So that's as much as I'm going to say here, guys, because I, like I said, I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. So I'm, I'm not really worried about breaking, uh, you know, um, you know, ruining the ending, but it's, that's, that's what you need to know for the story. And um, I highly recommend this film. I think it's a lot of, it, 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 it's a lot of fun and I know some people probably think I'm crazy when I say this but these to me more so than like the horror aspect this was like it's like a quest film for me growing up and I love those you had your Goonies and um Indiana Jones and those things where they're on a quest and that and maybe that's how I see it you might not agree with me or whatever and um I just love those, and there it's just a lot of fun. Like I said, the, the these people that go on a quest and have to sort of fulfill their destiny, it's um, it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, this is a Henson film, right? Yes, Henson and Henson and Oz together. Yeah. Now you've seen it, right? I have. Yes, and it, yeah, and it freaked me out when I was little. I and I it's. I don't know why, because I had I had seen stuff scarier than that at that point, but it was something about um 
I can't remember the name, but the little the little blonde one that yeah. freaked me out so bad. Oh, so yeah. bad. Like I hated her. She freaked yeah. Um what was her name? I can't oh god. I can picture her, but I can't I, remember. I know, and I'm thinking of Najin and uh oh god. Um oh I'm, but, sh- I'm sure it was an S name because I Yeah, probably. Uh God, uh, it was Kira? Yes. Kira, yeah. Kara, um, I but I do want to mention. I almost forgot. There, there is a newer one, Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance, which is, I guess, is, is it? I haven't seen it. Um, have you the new? No, one? not yet. No. Is it like a? I, I don't even really know. Is, is I it think a, it's a continuation. Yeah. It's a continuation of the story. Okay. I think so. Okay. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things. I think it was up for awards and everything like that. It's uh, just uh, one of those that I haven't got around to, but I, I know the people that did watch it and that were fans of the original Dark Crystal had nothing but really, really good things to say about it, guys. Um, but yeah, I can't say enough good things about this. So like I said, use caution when with your kids. You know, you know your kids best. Uh, I think about eight years old is fine, but maybe eight to ten. Um, Check it out. It's a great film. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's, so it's funny because all the S names and all the all the very similar names have a very um, like George R. R. Martin or J. R. R. Tolkien like kind of feel to it. Like it's yes, it's, it does. It's it a, does. it's hard to kind of whatever, but it's it's funny because the uh, the shard of the shard of truth, <laughs> the shard, the the shard of yeah. truth not the shard of truth i don't even know if i'm going to edit that out because that's ridiculous um yes. <laughs> but anyways uh the shard of truth um funny enough reminds me a little bit of dragon glass yeah hey i didn't thought of that but yeah but yeah. like a yeah. like a muppety version of dragon glass obviously but yeah and that and that's a great point. It is very Tolkien or Martin with all these names and yes. stuff like Aragon, Aegon, yes. Aragon, yeah, exactly. It's it's they're tough to keep them, even if you're even if you're keeping on like reading. I read all the Game of Thrones. It's tough to keep them all straight after a while because it's Rhaegar, Rhaegon, Rhaegi. It's just like Jesus yeah. Christ. It's it's a lot. Yeah. So, oh. all right. Have you got anything else for me today? I do not. All right, folks. Well, thanks for joining us. And meet us at the snack bar next week when Saw is on the big screen. Until then, sweet dreams. Thanks, guys. As always, thank you for listening. Feel free to reach out to your hosts by email at scareyourpantsoff9 at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook. Be sure to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications wherever you get your podcasts. If we haven't scared you away yet, you're our kind of people. So check under your bed and keep your feet under the covers and those closet doors shut. (laughs) Until next week, my friends.